I'm Chance Dorland, and this is the Spurs Insider, our weekly NBA podcast from ExpressNews.com. And I'm joined now by San Antonio Express News sports writer Mike Finger. Mike, not sure how many more episodes are in store for the both of us as the season is running down. But of course, we do have the postseason, uh, that hope to talk about, as that will be quickly coming up. But let's talk about what's been happening lately with the Spurs there's actually been two ejections of Greg Popovich. One of them happened very quickly Wednesday in a loss against Denver. Yeah, it was an NBA record, I believe. Uh, 63 seconds into the game, uh, Pop made it before getting tossed. And uh, it was the second to last three games. This, obviously, for, for people who watch the Spurs over the years, seeing um, the head coach get kicked out of a game isn't exactly uh, man beats dog type of news. but uh, the the interesting thing about this one was how quickly it came, and uh, I I'm not sure what happened. I'm not sure anybody knows for sure why he got tossed so quickly. Um, it probably had something to do with something the official said that that set Pop off. I don't think he was intending to get kicked out at that moment. A lot of times when you see him get kicked out of games, it's it's kind of strategic in a way. He's trying to light a fire under his team and. Um, you know, it's during the course of a game when when he feels like the team needs a jolt. I, I don't think he he walked into that arena last night uh, expecting to get tossed within 63 seconds. I think it was just uh, something was something he said, then something an official said, then kind of a, a an overreaction on somebody's part. But uh, yeah, two two in the last three games and, and an NBA record. So if if nothing else this season, at least the Spurs have set one uh, NBA record that will be difficult to match. Well, that's looking on the bright side of things. There we are. I like that. So, yeah, as you just mentioned, too, very quickly uh, here in the last few games, uh, also speaking about the last several games, four losses in six games. What's been going on? It's it's kind of the ebb and flow of a season. Uh, you know, that the, the, the four losses in six games have, have come right after a nine-game winning streak when everybody – uh, was acting like the Spurs had everything figured out and they were turning into their old selves and, and kind of hitting their their typical post-rodeo road trip uh, uh, sweet spot. But, um, you know, on, on on the one hand, things haven't looked really, uh, really great the last couple of weeks. Um, there There's some losses there to some teams that you wouldn't expect them to lose to. So, some teams that are either borderline playoff teams or aren't going to make the playoffs at all when you're talking about Miami and, and Charlotte and Sacramento. Um, but on, on the other hand, it was kind of due to happen. Um, as, as we mentioned before, the the nine wins in a row were, were kind of a combination of factors. Uh, on uh, You know, in, in, in one regard, it was a team that was finally learning how to play uh, as itself and, and the players were learning each other and, and kind of hitting its stride. But on the other hand, it was just a bunch of home games in a row against some teams that were uh, that were not at the height of their game. So um, in the same way that we kind of had to temper our enthusiasm about that nine game winning streak, um, I think we, we, we can avoid panicking too much if you're a Spurs fan about these four losses in six games, just because a couple of those were kind of set up to be losses. I, that Denver game last night uh, in particular, um, you could see that coming from days away, weeks away, months away. When when the schedule came out, a back to back, the night after a home game against Atlanta, going having to go to Denver, which is one of the tougher 
arenas in the league to play, especially with the way the Nuggets have been playing this year um, and the altitude and and just uh, historically, even when Denver hasn't been great, they've been good in that arena. So um, an older team like the Spurs having to go, uh, having to face a back-to-back um, at the Nuggets, that was going to be a game they'd lose. Now, uh, should they have lost to the Hornets on the road? No. Should they have struggled with the Cavaliers on Manu night? Probably not. Um, so there are some sources of legitimate concern for this team looking forward. Uh, if, if, if you, if, if you're just, you know, if you want to fret about the way this, this losing skid has gone. But, um, I think when, when, when you were looking at, at, at playoff qualification and seating and things like that, when you looked at the final few weeks of the season, this Denver game was one they were going to lose. And, um, you know, you needed to take care of the, of the every other game. And that's that's moving forward. The Spurs probably can't afford another loss if they want to avoid the eighth seed. Uh, they should be favored in every one of their games the rest of the way. Uh, and now it's just a matter of kind of taking care of that business. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, the upcoming few games that remain in uh, this season. But uh, speaking of Manu, I want to get your thoughts on uh, all that. Uh, well, you know, it was uh, it was um, kind of what the Spurs have done. I, w- I won't say best because what they've done best over the years is is win games and 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 compete for championships. But they do a really good job with honoring their own history. And you know, a, a lot of teams and and kind of observers around the league poke fun at how how the Spurs have the longest jersey retirements that it, of any team in the league, but. Um, uh, they do it right. And, you know, the, the same week that Miami retired Chris Spasha's jersey during a halftime ceremony, which is how a lot of these things are done. Um, and, you know, the, the Bosch thing had to take 15 minutes or less because it's in a it's it's during a, a halftime. The Spurs always save it for post game. They bring everybody back. They make a big production out of it. And the fans love it. And uh, one of the things that one thing that the fans love most about um, the way the Spurs do it is, is you bring back the old players and, and uh, you know, in, in the past that's meant David Robinson and, and Avery Johnson and Bruce Bowen and Sean Elliott and guys like that. Um, this one in particular was kind of uh, fun for the fans and, and, and unique in that it was the first time that the the big three of, of Tim and, and Tony and Manu have, have been together um, since they kind of split up since Tim retired. And, and I, I guess they were together for Tim's ceremony last year, but, you know, Tony moving on to Charlotte and Mono being out, they were back together again. And, and that's always fun for the fans to see. And that interaction between those three and, and with Popovich is something that I don't think people can get enough of. Um, and so, you know, the, the little jokes and, the, and, and the, just the, the camaraderie between those, those players who, made such an indelible mark on, on this franchise. I think uh, people were happy to stay late and happy to sit through an hour long ceremony and, and probably could have used more. Now let's get back to things that haven't happened yet. Handful of games left on the schedule. Your thoughts. Well, um, like I, like I mentioned earlier, uh, the Spurs are in a um, fight with it's, it's turning into Oklahoma city for the, uh, the seventh seed. And when I say they're fighting for the seventh seed, uh, more accurately, they're trying to avoid the eighth seed because nobody wants to play Golden State in the first round. Nobody wants to go to Oakland to, to start out the playoffs. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Spurs 
cannot probably cannot lose again uh, if they want to avoid that eight seed. Um, they're uh, they have one more loss than than uh, Oklahoma City right now. They do have a tiebreaker, but you probably don't expect the Thunder to lose twice. You could maybe hope for them to lose once, and if the Thunder do lose once and the uh, and the Spurs can finish undefeated, then the Spurs can avoid that eight seed. Um, but you know, in, in terms of specific games, they're they're going to uh, Washington and they're going to Cleveland and they get Dallas at home. And you know, if 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 they can sweep those and take care of what everybody thinks they should do, then they're going to have a chance to avoid that eight seed. But the problem with this team is it's been pretty unreliable away from home. And even though you have games. Um, at two Eastern Conference foes that will not be playing in the playoffs this year and have had disappointing seasons, um, you know, you 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 go back through recent history of the Spurs and 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 can realize that those aren't automatic wins. Washington's not a terrible team; uh, they've been decent at home. Uh, Cleveland gave the Spurs a run for their money on Manu Knight in the AT and T Center, so. Um, and then, and then you go back through uh, what the Spurs have done recently: losing to the Knicks in New York, losing to Charlotte in Charlotte. Uh, they're not going to be able to take these games for granted. Um, but if they can kind of hold serve and win the games they're supposed to win, you know that there there's still a chance to set up a uh, postseason matchup that won't be an absolute nightmare like the uh, like the Golden State series figures to be. Exciting stuff. We'll just have to wait and see. And let's break it down a little bit uh, more to individual players now before we say goodbye. Rudy Gay get nominated for the NBA's Best Teammate Award. Yeah, and I think for people who haven't watched the Spurs a lot over the last couple seasons and kind of had their impression of what they thought Rudy Gay was during his time uh, uh, early in the league, that might be a little bit of a surprise because Rudy Gay was never on winning teams before he came to San Antonio. Um, he was kind of stuck uh, in places like Memphis and Sacramento before they were good. Um, and he suffered through a lot of losing. And he was always kind of viewed as this guy who was talented and, and everybody knew him coming, coming out of college. And he could score and he could dunk and he was athletic, but they did not really see him as a uh, as a guy who contributed to winning. And in, in a lot of ways, that was just circumstance. He, he was on some teams that weren't built for that and wasn't surrounded by the types of players that uh, that he's been in San Antonio. But uh, one thing about Rudy uh, is that whenever he joined the Spurs last season, it took maybe a week or two to realize that this signing of a guy who people thought uh, was the anti-Spur, was the guy who wouldn't fit the, the Spurs way, kind of was was as, as natural of a Spur as you could think of. I mean, he, he fit in almost immediately. Um, and that might be because he's he's played a lot. He's, he's a veteran now. He's changed his outlook on things. Or it could, could be just that people overlooked what he was all along. And uh, when you talk about a guy who fits into the Spurs system, who embraced exactly what uh, Pop was asking for, and and what last year, what what guys like Manu and, and Tony wanted, and and this year the Lamarcus Demar uh, kind of dynamic, um, he really fits, and he's become a really important part of what the Spurs do on the floor, and a guy who's just absolutely beloved in the locker room. And uh, 
when when you go up and down the the, the Spurs roster, uh, the guys just adore him and 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 really love playing with him and, and being around him. And you know, if if Rudy hadn't been on this team the last couple of years, the the Spurs probably would not have made the playoffs last year or have made the playoffs this year. Uh, he's been that important, uh, even while you know the, his first season in San Antonio, fighting through the recovery from his Achilles injury. Um, and you know, the, the stats might not jump off the page and there might be games when you don't notice him, but he's, he's, he's the glue on this team. And, and to be one of the 12, uh, nominees for that, uh, Twyman Stokes award, which goes to the NBA's best teammate. And, and it's an award that Tim Duncan won a few years ago and, and really honors some, some top shelf guys. I, I, I think, uh, uh, everybody in the Spurs locker room and, and around the organization would agree that, that he really deserves the nomination and, and consideration for the award itself, because he's, he's, he's been a big deal. And then finally here, Mike, I'm not sure if we're going to have you on the show again before the postseason hits just depends on, you know, if Tom Orsborn's on or if Jeff McDonald's on, who knows what's going to happen in the next few episodes. I want to get, Something fun going on here. If you had to pick now, knowing what you know, what's the first round of the playoffs look like, and what do you think about the Spurs' chances? I, I mean, it's it's kind of a coin flip right now between Golden State and Denver, and uh, I got I what the 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 more interesting scenario uh, than either of those two is if the Spurs can hold on to the seventh seed, um, which like I like I mentioned earlier, they would have to win out. Um, and if Houston passes Denver for the second seed, that is the matchup that I think a lot of people will uh, will find intriguing because the, of the history between those two franchises, and especially the history between the uh, the, the head coaches, Greg Popovich and Mike D'Antoni. Uh, Mike D'Antoni, uh, the the head coach at Houston might have two championship rings and probably would have one if it were not for Greg Popovich. You go back to his days in Phoenix, the Spurs were an absolute nightmare for him. And the Spurs knocked him out of the playoffs twice in years when Phoenix could have won the title. Uh, Mike D'Antoni lost to the Spurs in the playoffs with the Lakers. And then a couple of years ago in Houston, he had what looked like the better team. And Kawhi Leonard was hurt and Tony Parker was out. And the Spurs still beat Houston. So even though Houston would be a huge favorite in a in a postseason first round matchup between the Rockets and the Spurs, uh, there's going to be a lot of ghosts coming back for Mike D'Antoni and for the Rockets and James Harden if that happens. And uh, uh, again, the, the 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 Rockets would be the pick there, but I think a lot of people would have fun with the idea that at the end of a season that's been up and down and and kind of difficult for the Spurs in a lot of ways. I think I think they'd be excited to get a chance to play the Rockets and kind of be a thorn in their side again. Um, so uh, it's kind of a cop-out answer as to what I think is going to happen. There's just so many possibilities in the air. I, I think the, the Warrior series would be really tough for the Spurs. They're probably not winning that one. They'd have a little better chance against Denver, but uh, the, the series to look for is that possible Spurs-Rocket series. And thank you to San Antonio Express News sports writer Mike Finger for joining me for today's episode of the Spurs Insider, our weekly NBA podcast from ExpressNews.com. For the San Antonio Express News, I'm Chance Dorland.